Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. All babies in Australia get their hearing tested at birth. I remember thinking how amazing it was that this tiny little creature, just days old, could be tested for hearing loss. Josh and Michelle Ryan's little girl, Ava, went through the same tests, and it was then discovered that she may have hearing loss. In August, little Ava will undergo life-changing surgery, but not before her dad, Josh, and his dad, Mike, will run the city to surf in her honour. Joining me now in the studio is the man himself, Josh Ryan. Hi, Josh. How are you? Good. Thank you. How's the training going? <laughs> it's it's good. It's good. Um, in between work and, and family life. Yeah. a little run in here has, has been good. Refresh my memory. How far is the city to surf again? 14 k's. Okay. So, so it's not Everest, but... It's 14 it's k's. A, yeah. That's a, a big one. And so for those of you who aren't in Sydney, um, the city to surf, you've probably heard about it, but it has some mammoth hills, in particular Heartbreak Hill. Mm. Are you training Heartbreak Hill or are you just going to No, I'm deal training the it? beach flat, <laughs> trying <laughs> to get my confidence up, I think. Oh, good on you. Okay, well, let's get to the reason why you're doing this. Um, your little girl, Ava, was diagnosed with a, a hearing condition when she got that test. Now, Ava's your second child. What was it like when you got that diagnosis back? Were you surprised? Extremely, yeah. Um, I guess... One of the biggest shocks was that we had never had hearing loss in the family previously. Um, no, no signs of it. So, so when it occurred, and in, in a baby of Ava's age, you can't tell whether they're hearing you or not. Um, it was a big shock, um, and still is. When you're not expecting it, and then something like this comes along, is it an adjustment for you as a parent, like in terms of what you envisage their life will be like, all those sorts of things? Yeah, so... It, it comes in, in stages. Um, so we did the, the swish test um, a day after birth, uh, and she did have a poor result to that. Um, however, there was that little bit in you that said, and, and the fact that, you know, not all babies pass that test, and she was a, it was a cesarean birth. Um, we had confidence that she would pass, uh, and so did the nurses. Um, we went back two days later and did the test again and the results were better, but still not a pass. So that also gave us hope because the results were better than the previous, then it must be fluid in her ears or something. We returned seven days later and the results weren't good. It was from there that it really, I guess, hit us that we have a problem, but still in the back of our minds, thought it would be okay because the, they sent us to the children's hospital where a certain percentage of kids pass when they get to the children's hospital. So uh, we were still banking on on that and living, I guess, in uh, yeah, a little bit of shock, I and, guess. And limbo still. If you're, yeah. I mean, for starters, we, we should remember as well that you have an older child who's still very young. You've got a newborn baby and you're going through these tests and trying to work out. Yeah. So life's chaotic anyway. Mm without all of those things. And I imagine the other thing about that sort of diagnosis for me anyway is most of us don't have much experience with the hospital system or illnesses that are outside, I know, cold and flu or a tonsillectomy and stuff like that. And sometimes I find anyway, 
that it can be difficult to understand the information you're getting back from the professionals? I mean, was there ever that kind of, okay, we'll keep going, but what is actually going on? Yeah, definitely. So it was an overload of information once we hit the children's hospital. Um, That's where we did the the, um, ABR testing. And that's when we were told that she was profoundly, uh, bilaterally profound deafness. Um, And that's when it really, really hit us. But we were provided with resources, the Shepherd Centre, most importantly, surgeons, information, how to find information on the internet, because we were searching everything, um, which was taking us to American websites, British websites. Once we sort of met with the Shepherd Centre and and others, they sort of pointed us in the right direction, gave us the resources to work with, and we started to learn as much as we could about what the condition was, how it was going to affect us, how it was going to affect Ava. Once you've been pointed in the right direction and you have all that information, I guess you and your partner would have sat down and had some conversations about what your options were. When you get that kind of diagnosis, what are the options that you can do? We had this week or two or three of huge amount of information, learning, sitting in bed, sitting in the lounge room, talking about it, trying to work out what, what was happening. But there was a point where we had to stop the information because we didn't know what path we were going down. We didn't know if we were supposed to learn about hearing aids or we were supposed to learn about sign language or we were supposed to learn about cochlear implants because our path wasn't set yet. So that's where the Shepherd Centre brought us brought us in and told us and, and spoke to us about how the, the next testing period would go. Um, and it was from these four or five next steps through MRIs, ABRs, cortical testing and visual assessments that we would get our path but that that took 12 weeks which is super quick but for us it was 12 weeks of not knowing what, what you're going to do as a family do. you're listening to kindling conversation i'm speaking with josh ryan he's the father of ava ryan she's a little girl who was born in february and at two weeks of age was diagnosed um, with hearing loss and we're talking about what josh and his partner michelle went through in after she was diagnosed and and what happens when you're in that situation um, you just mentioned then josh that uh, part of you deciding what you were going to do with Ava involved more testing and and sort of working it out there. So the tests themselves, uh, they showed you what was possible for Ava? Yeah. So I guess the the first ABR was a definitive answer on where she sat on the um, spectrum. I should actually ask what an ABR is. I'm just looking at you nodding like I I know. I can't give you the, the, the full name. Um, don't, you I don't only, have to pronounce it, but what does it do? So it's testing the brain wave. Okay. Um, it's done very early on. It's very similar to the swish test. Right. A little bit more advanced. Runs for about an hour and a half instead of instead of 10 minutes. Wow, an hour and a half on a little baby. So my wife and I sat in a sound box, very quiet with her. They had to do the test while she was sleeping. Did you have to be quiet? Yeah. For yeah. an hour and a half? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Look at me. I mean, of all the things that are happening, that's what I hold on to. I know. An hour and a half? What? Um, and that's where we were, where she was diagnosed. Okay. Where, what she could hear and what she couldn't. She didn't pick up a result in her left ear at any frequency, at any decibel. Uh, in her right ear, she picked up a low frequency at 500 hertz at 80 decibels, which is quite a loud, like a door slamming, but not those high frequency noises like bells and birds. So yeah, that was the, that was the first, first testing. The second was the MRI. 
They wanted to make sure that the internal structures were okay. Was that frightening? I mean, I know adults don't like getting MRIs. Was it frightening to have your daughter go through that? Definitely. And because they would rather not use a general anaesthetic, they try and get you in nice and early, hoping that she will be asleep. Mm -hmm. And obviously with the hearing loss, that takes away from the loud uh, Mm -hmm. MRI sound. But it doesn't stop the vibrations. So we went in, did the test, and she only lasted about six minutes before she woke and the test was was cancelled. So there we were about the seventh or eighth week thinking this will tell us. But because she couldn't get through the test, we had to book a general anaesthetic day uh, surgery MRI. Wow. So that was another four or six weeks past that date of, again, not knowing. General anaesthetic under the MRI, we got the results back and, and the anatomy has come back good. And by anatomy, you mean that the, a cochlear implant would work with, with what her, with, with what her... she has? Okay. Yes, um, there was there was a time where there, that could have been an issue. We also went through genetic testing, which is another situation we had to deal with. Um, How was she through all of this? I mean, she's a new baby, and I know I've had friends whose babies have had different health conditions where they've had to get lots of testing, and there's no two ways about it. It does mean they get prodded and pricked and yeah. put in MRA. How did how did she go Amazing. with that? Yeah. Amazing. Her nature, she is the little kindest, sweetest, very calm. Mm. And either that's we've got a really calm baby. What and was also, your first like? Is this karma coming back? Was he a little bit un No, my <laughs> wife will say he, he was he was um he was a little bit difficult, but he, he was very he was very good as well. I'm, I'm listening to your wife. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> so, okay, so you've got this. She's, she's gone through these testings. Um, one of the things that there is often, I guess, an issue that people talk about is there's a, a cultural understanding of deafness. And there are people who say that cochlear, choosing a cochlear for your child is taking away that opportunity for that kind of experience. But I'm just curious whether, given that's something people talk about, was that something that impacted your discussions with your wife about? We definitely discussed it. There are sections of the deaf community that go down the, the sign language solely. We believe that we're giving Ava her the best opportunity. Our, our decision is to give her the best uh, best opportunity in life, and that's to hear. We don't know still at this stage whether it will be hearing like you and I. Yeah, we're still very unknown. We, kn- we know that anatomy's good. Her test results have shown that she should be okay to a, to a degree. Yeah, we're still going through that decision process now. Do we do sign language? She is still deaf, whether she has cochlear implants or not. Um, there'll be times in a bath or bed when, you know, sign may be important. So we're still weighing those options up. Well, I would love to keep speaking with you, but we run out of time. Maybe if it wasn't too arduous this time, you can come back and tell us how it goes. Yeah. Both after the city to surf. Yes. Making sure that you make it to the finish line. Yep. And also after she's had the operation, it'd be great to see how she goes. That'd be great. Okay, well, thank you, Josh. Thanks for speaking with us. Thanks. That was Josh Ryan. He is the dad of Ava Ryan. And for more information on the Shepherd Centre and the work that they do supporting families, or importantly, to donate to Josh and Mike for their City to Serve efforts, which I think we can all acknowledge is a huge one, head to our website for the links. That's kindling.com.au. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.